Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, and we're out here with the Riverboat Gamblers at Spaceland, I believe that's what it is. Yeah, in Silver Lake. So what's your name and what do you do in the band? My name is Mike, and I play uh, my voice in the band. I'm just a singer. Um, I don't play in an instrument live, but I do in the studio sometimes. You play the vocal chords. Play the vocal <laughs> chords, yeah. So when you said it in... The studio, uh, what do you mean? I guess it's, I get, you know what, it's so dumb. It's probably like a, just a stupid ego thing that I, whenever people are like, what do you do in the band? I'm, and I, I am just the singer in the band, but I always want to be like, but, but I could also play an instrument if I have to. Like, I, I'm just like that, my ego's that fragile that I have to let people know that I have other skills. But, so you know what, I'm just going to drop that. I'm just the singer. Well, you can always uh, pick up the guitar and have three guitar players. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can do it Leonard Skinner or... Iron Maiden does that now, actually. Three guitars. So where did all the other members go in the band? Uh, I think a couple of them. One guy's doing another interview, and, and some of the other guys are... I think they're, like... We shot a video a while back, and they went and met up with the video director, I think, just, like, to hang out or something like that. I try not to socialize with them. They're not as important as exactly, the singer anyways. Exactly. So. Exactly. So how long has the band been around? Uh, we've been around for about... I don't know, going on like 10 years now. I mean, the first four or five years, it was just kind of a college party band kind of thing. Like, we just, we never played out of Texas and really didn't have any ambitions. And then the last five years, it's kind of like slowly been touring more and more and kind of got to where it's more of a full-time occupation or trying to make it a full-time occupation. It is a full-time occupation. It just pays shit. So, yeah. I can imagine, considering uh, the places you play, Spaceland with no parking, yeah, have to park yeah. like a mile away. I know. I, I thought you guys. I, I I thought you guys maybe got uh, I don't know mugged by by somebody or something. I'm gonna have to Not send yet. search teams for you. Maybe later tonight. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So you guys are from Texas, right? Yeah, uh, we're from Denton, Texas, which is right near um, Dallas. It's about an hour from Dallas, but we've lived in Austin for about four for four or five years or something like that. Like right right about the time the band kind of started getting serious, we moved to Austin. What made it where you wanted to make the band serious or everyone else felt like it was time to make it serious? I think as we as we were doing it kind of, um, you know, as a hobby, it just got more, more and more invested in it and, and it became more and more precious, I guess. At some point, it just seemed like... It, I think I never took it too seriously before because I always felt like it was completely impossible like that there was no way to uh to do something like that for a living wow pretty la girl um but i I thought it was just like completely impossible to to do that and it seemed very risky and you know my parents and and the way i grew up was very like you know here's what you do you go to high school and then you graduate and then you go to college and then you get a job and then you have get a wife and you have a kid and you get a house and and a mortgage payment and a car and I never really wanted that but I was kind of like headed down that lifestyle and I went to college and I I did graduate and and uh, but any of the jobs that I got after I graduated I wasn't happy with and I didn't just I knew I didn't want to do anything with it so it was after I graduated college and kind of started working in the and I have a bachelor's in psychology, and I just realized pretty quickly, like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm a year into like my career life, and I'm already bored. You know, I'm gonna, I want to, even if I fail, like, I want to try and do what I love. You know, and which is jump around on stage and stuff like that. Has Volcom Records helped in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, they've helped a lot. They've been really supportive in getting like the music out there, and they're also not like. 
they're not like a lot of like majors or something where they're like trying to a lot a lot of majors that are like you know hey we want you to write a song that sounds like this or we want you to do something that sounds like this they're just really behind the band and they've really been kind of um i don't know they're good dudes to have in your corner for sure and then um and they you know they're definitely like down with underground music and with with the bands that we're into and and just it's a good lifestyle kind of mash up i think Cool. So, are you guys on tour with any of the other bands on Vulcan Records, or just on tour with some other bands? It's just it's just us right now on this tour. We have toured with Vulcan bands before. Um, there's a band called Valiant Thor that are real cool that we've done a couple tours with. And um, on this right now, we're on our own. There's one band that's playing tonight called Underground Railroad to Candyland, and they're one of my favorite bands. And they've done a they did another show on this tour, and we just kind of. Anytime we get the chance to to play with them, we will jump on it. Very, you know, try and get them on. But we do the rest of this. This tour goes up. We're working our way up the West Coast, and then we get to Vancouver, and we start with. Uh, we're going out with Rise Against and Rancid for about three weeks, all through Canada and and, and America too, but a lot of Canada. Awesome. So Canada's actually allowing punk bands to go up there now. <laughs> It, you know, if we can get through the border, maybe like it, it's tougher to get. It's tougher to get through the Canadian border than it is to like go to, to anywhere overseas that I've ever been. Uh, it's it's such a pain in the fucking ass. It's so lame, and they tax you, and it's just. Uh, so I don't know. Hopefully, I won't have to eat my words, and it won't be a lie of a podcast when it says I'm sitting at the Canadian border and moping. <laughs> not being able to get in hopefully not but uh if you don't we can always take a listen to the music in the car <laughs> yeah totally well let's take a listen to a song by the riverboat gamblers you have a new cd out right yes yes it's called underneath the owl and what uh like what's the reason why it was called that well there's a big tower in austin it's just like the biggest building in austin kind of many stories above others and the, it's the frost bank building and it's it's it, the top of it looks like a giant owl's head, and there's a whole lot of um, there's a whole lot of history in in the symbolism of the owl in in a lot of different cultures. And when we're writing about it specifically, we're kind of referring to uh, there's this pagan god called Moloch that um, it, there's a giant totem of Moloch in this place called Bohemian Grove out here somewhere in California, I think up near like. San Francisco um, and it's this retreat this kind of camp thing for the like, the the top 1% richest people in the world and politicians and people of power and CEOs and they all meet there and they have this kind of it's this like closed off thing that a lot of people don't know about like a lot of our presidents have been there and uh, basically the name comes from the idea that there's there's forces out there that are richer and more powerful than us that have constructed these owls that look down upon us and we're kind of like mice running around trying to make it in in life without getting pounced on by these owls that eat you financially and and morally and just you know take the wind out of every sail that you ever set that's a little abstract but that's what it that's what it means so sort of like a metaphor yeah it's a metaphor that um it seems so much clearer in my head, but uh, just this the idea of living underneath this giant creature that has its eyes on you and sharp talons ready to drop upon you at any time. 
pretty interesting. <laughs> I guess we'll take a listen to a song. Uh, we'll take a listen to, I guess we'll take a listen to Victory Lap. Is that okay. on the record? Yeah, yeah, that's the last track on the record. So we'll take a listen to that song. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration with me, Jack, and we are here at Spaceland with the Riverboat Gamblers. <laughs>
welcome back. That was Victory Lap by the Riverboat Gamblers, and you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, out here at Spaceland with the Riverboat Gamblers. I noticed you guys have, like, videos up on your website and everything like that. How did you guys make these music videos and stuff? Well, a couple of them Volcom helped with, but most of them it's living in Austin. um, There's just a lot of, like, talented, creative people around, and it was that are, you know, looking for projects and looking to do stuff. And a lot of it was just kind of, like, hooking up with them and saying, how can we make this happen? And being lucky enough to have, live in a town full of friends who are super talented and can do, and can, you know, are looking for projects to do that are, it's kind of a like-minded thing. Like, when you start a band, there's definitely, like, you don't do it to get paid, and I think you do it because you want to and it's nice if you can get paid but I, I think it's the same for film and, and a lot of other stuff you know there's a lot of people that that are looking to do stuff not for money just because they want to do work on a cool project and we've been really lucky to have friends that are super talented and help us out to make these things you should introduce me to some of these people so that way they can make me- music videos for my show <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately still, I don't think that'll work but. yeah it's still kind of expensive but uh, you know once I don't know, once, if it's a project that seems like it's worth it, we'll just go ahead and, and do it, you know, like we'll go ahead and, and take the risk, and I've, I've been really happy so far, we're trying, we're a little even more ambitious on this record, we're going to try and do even more videos, and try and, try and do some weirder videos, I hope, um, I like, I like video, I like, I like doing videos a lot, I think it's a really fun, fun thing to do. Yeah, the visual part is always more entertaining than just listening yeah. to it. You get the full effect of it, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's weird because it can, it can make you... Rarely does it make me not like a song. Maybe I will like not like a video. But sometimes a video can make a song that I didn't really list like very much can make me a fan of the song once you get these visuals in your head. So that's a cool thing. It seems like it can, it can only help. Like, if it's a good song and a bad video, it'll just kind of like... You just kind of forget about the video, but if it's a good song and a good video, or a medium song and a good video, then it's always going to help. Especially those shagadelic ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, since we're talking about music and videos and everything like that, what have you seen change throughout like all the years that you've been around? For the Gamblers, we have each record has been a little bit different, and it hasn't been a complete calculated plan. But it has been something that has been thought about right before each record. It's like, you know, we're writing songs on this that seem a little bit different from the last record, and there's a different vibe on this record as we're writing it. Is that okay? And every time we've said, fuck it, yeah, we're going to do it, you know? I think maybe sometimes a safer move for a band is to make, if, if you have some success on a record, to make the next record sound as close to that record as before. Um, but we've decided not to do that, and... Um, we just kind of write whatever it is that we write. Um, I don't know that we're totally going in a certain direction, you know? I don't know, like, the last record that we did is probably, it's a little bit slower than some of the records, a little bit more driving. And I don't know that, you know, that the next record's going to be in that direction. We might do a super fast, you know, thrashy record next time. We'll see what happens. And we've gotten better as musicians, I think, you know? I think we've also gotten to be able to play different things that we couldn't when we started and I mean our, our goal is to always take chances and to, to always try and you know make ourselves happy musically as opposed to cater to a, a crowd or anything like that or a genre 
So speaking of being happy and everything like that, what do you guys do for fun when you're on tour? A lot of just goofing on each other, a lot of picking on each other, a lot, a lot of just kind of like inside jokes and stuff. Um, being on tour, I found myself becoming more of a, a foodie, I guess you would say, where I'm just so sick of, of eating like fast food. And it is cheaper, and sometimes that's all you can afford. But I've definitely taken to uh, like finding a good meal is like so it's like a it's a, it's a quest every day to try and find something healthy and 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 something new. And it's exciting to be in like new towns everywhere and possibly find some really cool local flavor. That's something for fun on the road. Um, as a band, we've started listening to uh, on the just on this tour, started listening to books on tape. At the same time, uh, we were listening to. Uh, the guy from the Cro-Mags, what's his name? John Jeffries? Yeah, anyway, he has a book out, and uh, and we were listening to, the, we've been listening to that. And um, if we have a day off, we always try and see movies. But it's kind of sometimes it's really tough to to get to to have a day off in a town where there's a theater that has something playing, you know, that, that at the time that you actually have. But tour movies are pretty awesome. That's there's something really awesome about going and being entertained and not having to think about anything you get just completely like all the stress of touring just kind of goes away if it's a good movie and then there's lots of drinking yeah, i noticed being in your van with all these alcohol bottles yeah, i know i know the maid the maid has the week off is the thing i'm surprised you haven't gotten pulled over in los angeles by now i know, I know. well we, you know we usually we have a sober driver every time but yeah the guys the guys tend to tend to drink them down sounds like fun well since we're talking about videos and everything like that you can check out my awesome dvd called 21st century punk rock at 21st.punkrockdemo.com and hopefully we'll have maybe the riverboat gamblers on volume two we'll yeah. never know and our friends the crumb bums and the lower class brats on the first one right yep yeah so must check that one out yeah. do you guys have a website yeah we do it's the riverboatgamblers.com and we have uh MySpace and we have a Facebook thing and we just started doing Twitter and it's uh, The Gamblers on Twitter like you can follow us on Twitter which is fun I actually really like doing Twitter There's, it's fun to try and be funny and you know 140 characters or less you know over the course of the day that's that's another thing that just a little mental game that I have trying to find something interesting to write and because I'd rather keep it keep it entertaining rather than really banal of like I ate french fries you know, so I'm trying to keep it a little bit more entertaining than, I don't know, Ashley Simpson's Twitter or whatever, some banal celebrity. Yeah, I don't really understand the purpose of Twitter for, like, normal people. To me, yeah. it seems like an invasion either. of privacy or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I mean, because, you know, I used it a lot on the last tour, and then we got home, and I was really used to using it, and occasionally I would start to pull it out and then go like... Well, I'm not doing anything. This isn't interesting at all. I mean, occasionally I've used it at home just saying like, hey, I'm, you know, just all my friends. But I mean, most of it's like people in other states that are like kind of into the band or whatever. But occasionally like, you know, at home I'll do like, hey, I'm going to go to uh, this this or that bar, this or that show tonight. Somebody come hang out with me. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's great for bands. I, it would be kind of weird to, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to not use it at all when I'm not on tour. Yeah, I'm currently picking my nose or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. 
Well, let's take a listen to some more songs since we've been talking so much. We'll take a listen to another song off of that record called, what was it called? Underneath the Owl. Called Underneath the Owl. And you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack. We'll take a listen to a choppy yet sincere apology by the Riverboat Gamblers. And we're here with the Riverboat Gamblers at Spaceland in Los Angeles. That was a choppy yet sincere apology by the Riverboat Gamblers, and we're out here with the Riverboat Gamblers at Spaceland in Los Angeles. How did you guys come up with the name Riverboat Gamblers? It was kind of a reaction to the flowery and silly, uh, pretentious names of bands at the time in our area. There's all these emo was really, really blowing up. 
like really pretentious bands and they all had these like really silly names like fall into the sear and yellow leaf that was a ba- that was a band name and it was and there was all these bands that just had these like kind of vague wistful you know i don't know titles of some poem of Sylvia Plath it, just, it was just lame and when it, the, the riverboat gamblers felt like felt like such a um affront to that such a such a contradiction to that and it just it seemed like and and you know we knew we wanted it to be a rock and roll and a punk rock band but it it, it also didn't completely tie us to like a specific genre of like rock and roll or or you know it's like doesn't sound like a hardcore name it doesn't sound like a street punk name and it doesn't sound, you know it just kind of felt it felt a little bit nebulous which is, i think this band is kind of a band that doesn't really doesn't really lean on one genre specifically we'll we write our stuff's i think a little schizophrenic as far as punk rock music you know there's some hardcore kind of elements and then sometimes there's some total pop elements and sometimes there's some you know garage elements stuff like that so any particular reason why you chose that genre of music and not some other random genre i don't know i mean i think you know because i do like a whole lot of music but i think when we started it 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 just felt really right And, and and when we started it the first record and what we were doing felt a little bit different than what was going on in the area even the bands that had good names we we felt like it was just kind of it was what we were all listening to, and it just kind of felt like it was time to the right time to do something like that, as opposed to like being starting something in 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 the wake of a trend that's happening. It just felt like nobody's doing this, and it's it's in our area. I mean, people were doing it and had done it in the past, but nobody in our area was doing it, and it just seemed seemed like it would be something that would. Uh, kind of pop out more than a lot of other things a cool thing to do at the time yeah yeah i noticed you guys have like ringtones available on myspace and all that stuff what is that all about i have no idea volcom does that and uh and i don't i've never i've never my phone is permanently on vibrate i don't i don't need it so i don't really know other than apparently it's popular among some people to have songs and if you're going to have a song on your phone, why not a Riverboat Gambler song? That's what I'm going to say. Maybe we'll make a vibrating one that just vibrates to the beat of one of the songs. Yeah, that might be an idea that would like make billions of dollars yeah. <laughs> like a vibrating ringtone. <laughs> yeah. That might be. That might be. I'm going to call my lawyer. So I guess if you want ringtones, I guess talk to Volcom Records yeah. if you're a band. How would people get on Volcom Records if they wanted to? For us, we just... They came out and saw us at a show. Uh, we played at Alex's Bar in Long Beach, and some of the guys happened to be out, and we were looking to get on a label. We, we were on a label called Gearhead before that, and it just the stars kind of aligned perfectly. It's kind of... I don't really know how, how you get signed to a record label. I just We've gotten really lucky and gotten to... It's happened a couple times, so... I don't know. It's a tough thing. Being a band's tough, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting how that stuff works, like how Madonna gets magically so big, yeah, and yeah. these other bands that have been around for, like, centuries yeah. don't go anywhere, you know? Don't go anywhere. It's, I think it's... I mean, it's, it's a ton of hard work and a ton of luck at the same time, you know? Like, I don't feel... I feel really lucky for everything that we've gotten, 
but at the same time like we've definitely worked really hard for everything that we've gotten and sacrificed a lot so yeah there's not a lot of job security in playing in a punk rock. I'd say especially when venues close down I don't believe there's any all ages venues anywhere in Orange County or Los Angeles anymore that's what I hear that's what I hear I know so what other places are you guys playing on this tour like what other venues in Los Angeles well, we, we, this is it. We played Costa Mesa, the Detroit bar, and that was cool. And then we do Bakersfield and San Francisco and Portland and Seattle, and, and then we get to go up to Vancouver and meet up with Rancid and Rise Against. And then those shows are, like, really, like, weirdo big shows. I mean, like, we're not really... We've played shows that big before, but it's probably the longest consecutive tour of, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 seaters and stuff, so going to be an interesting uh, event. Very, very. Whatever will I wear? You can always be like Blink-182 and wear nothing. <laughs> Although I don't know if that would be very attractive. Yeah, hey, no one wants to see that from me. Well, anyways, we'll take a listen to another song by the Riverboat Gamblers. We'll take a listen to Dis Dis. What is that song about? Um, actually, it's funny. Tonight, uh, Underground Railroad uh, from Can- to Candyland's playing and the singer Todd he was also in Toys That Kill and FYP back in the day he sings on that song too it's a, it's a duet kind of a Aussie Lita Ford thing not really but uh, it, but he does sing on it and uh, and actually like I called him and was like hey would you be, would you want to sing on it and he was and he said yeah so I tried to write a song thinking if I was him how I would write a song and he writes in kind of like non sequiturs but so it's kind of a lot of like non sequiturs, but it's just the kind of the the idea of people catfighting and in the scene, people in, in in people in the scene that are just talking shit about each other and then making kissing ass to each other and stuff like that. But it's not about anybody in particular. Not yet, at least I hope not. <laughs> so I guess we'll take a listen to that song called "Dis Dis" by the Riverboat Gamblers, and you're listening to the punk rock demonstration with me, Jack.
welcome back. That was Dis Dis by the Riverboat Gamblers, and you're listening to me, Jack, on the punk rock demonstration with the Riverboat Gamblers at Spaceland in Los Angeles. And where can people find your music? Hopefully in a record store, but if you can't, then um, online, iTunes, and uh, I like, and our MySpace page. There's links to any, any like, theriverboatgamblers.com or, riverboat ga- or myspace.com forward slash riverboatgamblers. There's links to getting music from there. And then hopefully a record store somewhere will have it. But I don't know, do they have record stores anymore? I think by the time this podcast comes out, they probably all will have shut down, gone out of business. Yep. They'll know the Riverboat Gamblers was in town and be like, oh, we had to, we have to shut down because we heard it on the radio. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can check out Riverboat Gamblers at all those sites. Yeah. MySpace.com slash what? Uh, Riverboat Gamblers. And then TheRiverboatGamblers.com. Any particular reason why there's no the in the MySpace, or is it just too long? I I, man, I can barely turn a computer on. I'm lucky. I'm lucky if I. I'm lucky if I can check my email. I'm like a. I'm like a 90 year old woman when it comes to technology. So I. I somebody. Somebody sets that stuff up for me, and I kind of patiently sit behind them and 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 let them do that. You could focus on singing instead. <laughs> That's actually better because then you won't be needing to use the computer when you shouldn't be using the computer like when it's at six o'clock in the morning and you haven't gone to sleep oh, yet yeah. you know yeah. i gotta check my email i know i know i'm pretty I'm, i i have discovered hulu though and hulu has kept me up till six in the morning many a night uh watching you know whatever show i don't know oh office yeah so now you know why it's a good thing to not know how to use a computer yeah, uh, see kids just kick your computer away just don't you know it's like drugs it's bad for you. Yeah. I wonder how life will be like 20 years from now when cell phones are like the necessity. Actually, I think it is marked yeah. as the, one of the necess- necessities yeah. and computers and everything like that. It's like, okay, so where's all the time going to be uh, to do like normal things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be all, I don't know, like they'll probably be inside your head and you just see like caller ID in the bottom of your eyeball when somebody calls. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. I remember touring without a cell phone and having to, like, probably even maybe even played here. It wasn't even that long ago, but, like, having to walk over there to that 7-Eleven and use that pay phone. And then, you know, and, and only one out of every 15 pay phones actually works, you know. The rest are all kicked in or covered with semen or something. Just It was rough. It was, it was a lot. It's a lot easier with cell phones for sure. Well, talking about, like, time changes and everything like that, have you seen any changes in the music genre since you started? Yeah, and I I don't know how much of it's changes and how much of it's me getting a different perspective on it, but I think I kind of feel like some of the genre walls are breaking down and people are finding it a little bit more acceptable to, like, different music from different genres. I feel like at, at one point in time, people were really... I'm a punk rocker, so I just listen to punk rock. Or, you know, I'm into hip-hop, so I just listen to hip-hop. I don't, you know, and it's not cool to listen to rock and roll or whatever. And I feel like those walls are kind of breaking down, and it's kind of becoming more and more acceptable to uh, just listen whatever you like. I mean, there's still definitely things that are considered cool and uncool to like in music, but I don't know. I think it's a good thing that people are becoming a little, in my opinion, a little bit more open to other genres and stuff like that and not being so close-minded 
If I noticed that myself, it's like back in the 80s or something like that, or ni actually 90s when I grew up. It's like everyone just listened to one kind of music, and now it's like, oh, I listen to everything. Yeah, yeah. And I don't listen to everything, just everything good. Well, I love to ask him, uh, since you listen to everything, do you like Russian music and Japanese yeah, yeah, music yeah. too? I do like I do like Japanese punk rock. Uh, this is a band called Teen Generate. This like garage punk band that is amazing. And then there's a Japanese like rock band called P Lander Z that are good friends of ours that are awesome too. But I don't know any Russian music at all. Gorky Park. There was a, there was a hair metal band called Gorky Park back in the day that were god awful, in my opinion. Well, I guess that's about it for the interview. We'll take a listen to one last song by the Riverboat Gamblers off their latest CD called Underneath the Owl. And you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack. Check out my website at www.punkrockdemo.com and check out the Riverboat Gamblers website at theriverboatgamblers.com or the MySpace at Riverboat Gamblers. You know what? Just go to theriverboatgamblers.com and you can get to the MySpace through there. We have it all linked up. I can't remember all this nonsense. It's an awesome idea. MySpace is a waste of time anyway, so... Just check out theriverboatgamblers.com and check out my website at www.punkrockdemo.com and you can find both of our awful MySpaces there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take a listen to this one last song called Robots May Break Your Heart by the Riverboat Gamblers. You've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration with me, Jack, out here at Spaceland with the Riverboat Gamblers.
Hey, this is Mike from the Riverboat Gamblers, and I'm here with Jack, and you're listening to Punk Rock Demonstration. I love you. Uno, dos, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs>
Try to find out of me 
what's up? I'm Laura from Disastrous. This is Abe from Disastrous. And this is Soul from Disastrous. And you're listening to Jack on punkrockdemonstration.com. Yeah. 
Tired of that same old stuff they call punk rock? Well, take a listen to these upcoming songs. Never before heard anywhere. It's the punk rock demonstration new music block. Remember, you heard it here first on the punk rock demonstration. Back in your 
listening to punk rock demonstration and we are broken bottles. That's right. Yeah. Hey.
this is Liana from the band Liana, and you're listening to the punk rock demonstration with Jack.
Rotting over rotting meat Top dogs in designer clothes Delight in their deceit Make God in your likeness Stifle intellect Arrogance is worshipped In the gutter press But you can't take it with you I beg God to forgive you You can't fight back the dead and gone No, you can't take it with you I beg God to forgive you The war machine still rumbles on We came from nothing We gotta keep 
It's time for requests. If you would like to request a song, check out punkrockdemo.com and click on the request a song link. Have fun, and here's your request on the punk rock demonstration.
Nothing makes you tempted.